What's up, you rebel-minded freaks? This is where we question everything and provoke the normality of the world, all in an effort to face ourselves and become better humans. That's what it takes to be rebel-minded. You in? Let's do this. What's up, my loves? <laughs> it feels good to say that authentically. <laughs> no anxiety because there's somebody looking me in the eye saying it. It's like I can just say it in silence and in honesty and authenticity because I don't have to have the stress of somebody two feet from me. And I think that things like this, which, by the way, I'm glad that I have this because I can speak as real as possible. I can speak real, real. And that's what you guys will get. Because in the fast pace of the lives we have today, it's just so easy to get caught up in the supposed tos, right? And the way that we're supposed to do everything. And I think it can really get in the way of us truly seeing each other. And for quite a few years now, I've been chasing this flow, this ability to be free, to not have anxiety and pressure to perform a certain way, to look a certain way, to feel a certain way. And it's such a mess because we're so conditioned and we're so much of our habits that it's really hard to get to a point where we can just be and be okay with it. Where we can be present and we can feel emotions authentically and we can work authentically and we just can create lives and make fulfillments out of that flow regardless of how the world sees us it's such a complex deep sometimes frustrating process many times frustrating process i'm proud of myself for being able to do this and it's directed me into guiding other people to do the same thing because it feels so good. It feels amazing to start to see yourself transform into something that you've only been able to dream of, right? And really in our dreams, it's very hard to have that actual feel of everything that we see as possible, right? I think the biggest thing in getting there is going back into our past to reflect and learn our lessons and ask ourselves why we are the way that we are, why we act the way that we do, why we perform and why we stress about it. Because there's this weird paradox of us being able to be efficient and dominating and 
conquering and capable and real, you know, being able to perform and get all the things that we want in life, but also do it from a place of happiness and flow and connection and just having the human experience in the most genuine way possible. I want all of you to feel that. The last few weeks for me have been so back and forth and it's like my mind and body and spirit are trying to assess and create this new version of me and it's fighting with the old version of me and (laughs) honestly it's physically (laughs) mentally exhausting emotionally exhausting and I just want all of you to know that I hope the best for you and I hope that that life you're looking for, that one you're striving for, the one that you want to feel more than anything, is just around the corner for you. And as long as you do the work, I think it's there. But I will tell you bluntly, honestly, that that work, regardless of how quick it happens, even though I think that it doesn't quickly happen, is that it's going to be hard. You're going to fight yourself. You're going to doubt yourself. You're going to loathe yourself. You're going to cry. You're going to struggle. You're going to have super volatile emotions and thoughts. And you're going to be like a pendulum back and forth, just trying to settle in the center somewhere. And that center is where you relax, where you can just be. And it's coming. Just don't quit fighting for it. Because the matrix that we live in, yes, I'm using the matrix, is just not where the human experience is supposed to be. There's something deeper. There's something far more connected. There's something far more euphoric. And... The people inside of that matrix may never feel it. So I ask you, I implore you, I I request of you to push hard and to get to the other side. I wanted to have a talk today about learning our lessons from our past and specifically the lessons we learned from our fathers as men because a lot of us have not had the healthiest of connections with our fathers. And whether your father is present or not, whether that's physically, whether that's just emotionally, whether it was abusive, whether it was perfect, there's always, always, always lessons to learn from our fathers. And I think to become our best, we can't ignore them. We won't make up the ground without them. There's just something about the male role model that we need. And I'm not saying this has to be biological fathers either. Whoever was present, whoever was in that space. But there's always lessons. And that's the episode for today. Ready? Let's do this.
had a hard time being okay with the layout of this episode today. But as I ran through it, I didn't want to take its rough state. I didn't want to tamper with the emotion and the connection that I had here. So this may be a little bit less informative. We'll see. But I hope you take the best from it. Episode 32, Learning from Our Fathers. My heart broke long ago, far before I realized it had been broken. And I was too young to understand what it meant at the time. The heartbreak was covered up by shame and guilt and intimidation. Something I tell my clients and friends all the time is that our past has to be used for our lessons. That's exactly why we are able to remember. As humans, in order to learn and not repeat what hurt us or risks our survival. But as the amazingly complex and intelligent beings that we are, it can easily be misused. Everyone tells us to not live in the past, right? Well, it's true. It's so fucking true. Too much emphasis on the past is what reminds us that we are the same person as we were. Instead of deciding, realizing that we are given the opportunity and freedom every new day to be different. The only reason, the only reason that we are not convinced is because our habits don't change that same day, that same week, that same month. Our conditioning is deep and our conditioning does not change within that one day. It's impossible. It takes work and discipline and understanding and patience. So as we start to work on it, we will always be reminded of what we were by the many times we fail in our mission to change. The unfair part is that in our early stages of life, our brains are focused on soaking in all of the things, not to rebel, but to learn. We are trying to learn how to be human. We're trying to learn how to fit in, how to be a part of something, how to connect, and the information and experience that comes in can drastically change the way that we start to live out our lives. We don't understand our ability to control because our environment is a lot smaller than it is as adults today. We don't realize how big the world really, really is. And we are mostly controlled by the people around us. And for good reason. They're the ones to keep us safe. They're the ones to teach us the way of the world, to keep us from harm and to keep us from dying, basically. They are there to protect us, to guide us, to teach us, and to inspire us. But what happens when less of that comes into play? What about when who we are organically becoming is suppressed by the very people that are helping us to decipher the code to being human in this modern world? I think almost all of us have to be pushed in a direction that didn't feel right. Parents telling us what we should be, teachers telling us what we can't be, even bosses telling us what we're worth. <laughs> and I don't think this is done out of true malice. I really don't. And I think it is just a smaller branch of what that person has been fed themselves. And as adults, we are slowly fading from being present, from constantly feeling, trying to find our happiness, 
into using cognitive thought, constantly thinking forward, being taught to look for security and not fulfillment. And I think that's what causes so much misery today. But where are you today? Do you suffer today? Are you where you want to be today? If you're not, then you have to question yourself on why. How were you swayed into this position? And are you willing to do anything about it now? Or have you been convinced by your early influencers on what you are? My story starts pretty young. The relationship with my father as I grow has affected so much of who I am. It affected me then, and it affects me now. But now, it's in my control. I do the digging. I do the questions. I do what I need to do to better myself. My parents split when I was about a year old. So as I grew, the relationship with my father was summer visits. I grew up not knowing any different, and I never questioned it. And even though I never had a complex with it, what that relationship grew from is where that difficulty took place. My dad was always working to provide to the best of his ability. He worked with his hands. He was always a laborer. And part of my job as his son was to be with him during his work. This was the best he could do for me. He couldn't take off six weeks to spend with me. He didn't have the money to do that. So I worked with him splicing and running wire, writing down tag numbers, getting under houses. I remember doing this at such an early age too six years old maybe and don't get me wrong we we did a lot of fun things my dad taught me how to drive at nine i'm only five three so you can imagine how many books and pillows and blocks we had to use to help me stretch to the pedals and over the steering wheel i threw rocks at snakes with my cousins i caught baby perch with my hands i dove off cliffs into creeks and lakes I shot my grandpa's guns. I built frog houses at my papa's house out of uh, the sandy clay of Arkansas. And I sat on the top of his mower and helped him pick tomatoes as we ran down the rows. And I chased lizards in the garden and I caught crayfish and I went catfishing at night. And my father and I had amazing times together. The question is though, why do I have such an intense connection to what went wrong instead? instead of what went right. To me, it means that it's our minds and bodies telling us what needs our attention. It means that what I suffered with my father suppressed so much of me, my personality, my interior, that it caused a constant pain that my mind greatly wanted me to, to assess. And instead, I was convinced by my trauma instead of questioning it. And it held a pit in my stomach for years, through my 20s, and I was so conditioned by it, I didn't know anything different. So when that bubble popped, a whole new world emerged. When we attach ourselves to our trauma, it becomes everything that we live. It becomes our voice, it becomes our actions, our behaviors, and our fucking progress, or lack thereof. The most significant, most life-changing part of my childhood came when I was 14. Not only did it never get dealt with up until recently, but it amplified the shame and guilt that I had about being my genuine self. 
like I said before, my father always worked when I was there. And my father was also desperate to spend as much time with me as he could. A desperation that I didn't understand. And that's fair, right? How is that wrong? So one morning I woke up, I went downstairs, said hi to my Nana, I ate some food, and I plopped down on the couch to watch TV. And that day was hot. It's what I grew to know because I had always visited my dad and family in the summers. It's so hot. It's almost hard to breathe there. You basically have to have gills behind your ears, kind of like in Waterworld, you know? If you haven't seen Waterworld, dude, go see it, please. Like, it's classic. You know, just to be able to breathe. I, and I knew it was hot that day. I didn't want to go outside. My father had been outside all morning working on his truck, and he came in once. He gave me a glare, something I didn't understand at all. It made me nervous, actually. But instead of following him out, I stayed where I was. I was kind of in awe, and I was kind of intimidated. And I had no clue what had made him do what he did. And after some more time, he burst through the door again, but this time pointed his finger at me and told me I better get outside and work with him or else he was going to whip me. Now, to many of you, the threat may not seem like much, but after I had learned how to feel around my father, how to walk on eggshells around my father, the edge of physical abuse at this point was relatively the scariest thing that I'd had. I think a lot of us in my generation got whipped. So why was it a big deal? I think that moment had created a tornado of emotions. I was 14. I was angry at him for threatening me. I remember that quite vividly. Who was he to force me to do anything? And I was also ashamed. He worked hard. And it was the best way for him to spend time with me. And I wasn't out there to be with him. I was embarrassed. I was mad at myself for not realizing, for not knowing that that was what he wanted. I should have known. But here's the pivotal moment. What happened after that exacerbated the effect. I ran away from that situation. That night, I called my mom. I told her I was scared and mad and uncomfortable. And my mom, the saint of all saints, made a lie to get me home. Something about an appointment that just came up, very much bullshit. And my dad saw right through that. He scolded me all the way to the airport about wanting to go home. About not talking to him about it. About cutting our time short. And the whole way, I couldn't say a word to him. I was too scared. It was as if I was paralyzed, as if I was chained, as if I had my mouth sewn shut. Now, everything about this is quote-unquote wrong, maybe. Nothing was dealt with. Neither of us responded to each other in a healthy way. It's a mess that changed the trajectory of my early adulthood. What this created, number one, was I feel shame for not working. I attach my worth to my skills and the amount of work that I do. I instinctively feel wrong about enjoying things. It's caused me to lack the ability to be present in the fun times, therefore taking away from my experiences. Two, I have a constant anxiety about not being busy. Three, I became very afraid of showing myself. 
I was in fear of someone judging me for not being anything besides what they expected me to be. Number four is I ran from conflict, always. I became a people pleaser, always sitting back and presenting myself in a way that I thought someone else wanted me to be. I hoped for everyone to like me. And in doing so, I became something so fake. And it was exhausting me. It was killing me. Number five, I never allowed myself to make decisions for me. I was too scared to do anything without someone else affirming if it was right or wrong, whether it was going to hurt me or not. The jobs I should take, the girls I should date, whether or not to go to an art school, what things looked cool, how I should act, just all the fucking things. My life was being guided by other people. It was being controlled by other people. And I was allowing it. I was being molded by my need to meet other people's expectations. And all of this from one moment. All of this being the thing that changed me for years. Who knows where things would have gone if I had courage to face my father that day. But what would have happened? Would it have come out worse? Would I have had the courage to do so regardless? I'll never know. The world will never know. But the lessons that I've learned from this is exactly why I am now capable of becoming the person that I then was probably supposed to be. So it's not about attacking your past, attacking what you should have controlled, attacking what you should have done. It's learning the lessons and not trying to change the path of your past, dealing with it in the way that will change your path today. And these are the types of lessons that we learn from our fathers. Mine is different from yours. Yours may be healthier than mine. That's not what matters. What matters is that we are learning from them. We need to learn from them, whether they were present or not, whether they are biological or inherited. I've learned great lessons from my experiences with the man that used to be my stepdad too. We can constantly learn from our fathers in the times that we fought, from the times that we misunderstood each other, from the times that they were there for us, gave us advice even when they didn't understand, and even from the times that we may decide to never speak to them again. I don't look to fix anything for anyone out there, only to provoke the situation. If you don't think that you can learn from your father, you're lying to yourself. Because there are lessons to be learned from all of our connections in our life. What I challenge you to do today is firstly, question your relationship with your father. What is it? Is it complex? Is it broken? Is it bold? Is it healthy? Clarify that relationship so that you can determine how to grow. Where are the dark spots? What still creates resistance? Question your father. He's not there to just show you the way. He's also there for you to bounce off of. One of the greatest ways to learn is to question everything. Our fathers may be great, but they're not gods. They're human. So if you're like me and have spent most of your life seeing your father as an unmovable force of intimidation, then your own strength will be gained in your ability to disrupt that force and bring in the reality of truth. He is not your dictator. He is your equal. They are our equals. And as our equals, we have to remember as men that it's not how many wins we have against each other. 
It's about what we can share to help us grow from both sides, not just independently, but also in our connection. I ask my dad so many things, so many uncomfortable things, so many things that I don't understand or he doesn't understand about everything that happened or didn't happen in our past. Because comparably, he wasn't in my life for probably 90% of it. Want to know the crazy part? That particular 14-year-old experience, he has no recollection of. What happened there changed my life, and he does not even remember. Crazy, right? By the way, difficulty aside, my dad is awesome. I respect him. I am proud of him. Why? Because knowing that there's a distance of 2,000 miles, he showed his love and consistency as much as he could, as well as he could. He never gave up on trying to be a father to me. It's a hard knock life, and he never gave up on being present for me. Mad respect. I think what we learn from our same gender parent has a significant place in how we adapt and live our lives. Both parents matter, but there's something extra here. That parent is the first thing that sets a standard for who we see ourselves becoming, whether that's good or bad. And it's our job as we grow to separate ourselves from them as a human and us. We are not meant to replicate, but to modify. Every parent says that they want their child to be better than them, right? So make sure you do so. We can hold our parents responsible for who we become, but we have to also hold ourselves responsible to making ourselves into what we uniquely want to be. Blaming our parents for our wounds goes hand in hand with why we make excuses to why we can't heal them, why we can't heal our predicaments, our problems. We have to live up to being that quote-unquote better version. That will mean reflection, conflict, pain, and fucking challenge. I spent three years after this experience where I refused to talk to my dad. And after that, our relationship forever changed. My stepdad left our family not long after. So I grew up without that male role model. So even though I could have definitely used one to help find inspiration and confidence and guidance from, I grew up without the expectation of one. And as I grew into my late 20s, I became confident without one. Today, I still have that residue though. I have a complicated relationship with my father. I have high resistance. I still have fear and intimidation created by him. But the distance between us did one of the greatest things in the world for me. It became my own positive figure. I created a confidence from absence. I became the confident man that I needed in my life. And I connect with everyday men today to help remind me of my power and my ability. I am who I need to be, and that's what matters most. Us men are chasers. We seek success. We logistically move ourselves forward. We attain, we conquer, we drive, We see our worth in what we do and what we create and how we give to others. One of the hardest things that reciprocates that, though, is our connections. And the connections with our parents can suffer because the emphasis on our strengths can keep us from strengthening our weaknesses. It's our job 
as balanced men to work on our connections with our parents, to work on all connections, the emotional connections, the hard conversations, the talks of our past and our difficulties. We can't ignore these things as men, not any longer. We can't survive only focusing on our masculine. It's our responsibility to open up our personal Pandora's box to fight our demons. And I think so much of this lies in the lessons we learn from our fathers. Our fathers, in a lot of ways, give us our foundation. They create a vision of what we do or do not want to be. And I think the closer that we are, the more we understand the humans that we are, the more badass we make ourselves, the better we connect with other men, the more loving we are to our partners and our families. Don't underestimate the lessons. Never finishing the assignment is what leaves the failing grade on the essay that summarizes our lives. Learn from your fathers. Learn from everything that they are or were so that you can be the father, the friend, and the human you have told yourself that you can be. Become the high standard that you've always dreamed of. Stay strong, my friends. Stay strong, men. And stay rebel-minded. Creed Soldier, out. All right, guys. If you're here, then you have some sort of connection or curiosity of what goes on. So from the bottom of my little hamster heart, thank you. Even through a mic, that's what we call connection. And my life always gets better and more clear with all the souls that I get to connect with. If you like what you're hearing, or you want to share your story with me and the podcast, which I would absolutely love, write in. Send me an email or send me a text. You can contact me through IG as Creed Soldier or email me at Zachary at ChaosCreed.com. That's Z-A-C-K-A-R-Y at K-H-A-O-S-K-R-E-E-D.com. And of course, if you're up to the challenge and curious about really speeding up your self-development and your potential and getting committed to bettering yourself, send me a notification with Getting Rebel Minded in the title. Even if all you need is that confidential space to talk, I'm here to give that to you. Share, like, and follow the podcast if it means something to you. Then you'll know when every new episode and interview has been published. I've always got more good things coming.